This program is brought to you by Israel Restoration Ministries. What are you doing Sunday nights? Come join Friendship with God radio Bible teacher Tom Cantor of the Friendship with God Fellowship Church every Sunday night at 5.30 p.m. at The Vine at 9336 Abraham Way, Santee, California. Watch and listen live around the world to Tom Cantor Sunday evening on YouTube.com by searching for Friendship with God Fellowship or by going to our homepage at friendshipwithgod.org. That's friendshipwithgod.org. Welcome to Friendship with God with our Bible teacher, Tom Cantor. Today's message and previous messages can be listened to or downloaded for free at friendshipwithgod.org. That's friendshipwithgod.org. You can also obtain free resources from Tom Cantor and view our online bookstore at friendshipwithgod.org or call us at 800-247-3051. That's 800-247-3051. Tom Cantor also has a daily devotional verse that comes out each day by email and on Facebook. To receive this small daily devotional verse that Tom Cantor puts out, you can sign up at friendshipwithgod.org. That's friendshipwithgod.org. Or find Tom Cantor on Facebook by searching for Tom Cantor and Friendship with God. Now, here's our Bible teacher, Tom Cantor. He came to them as their Messiah, and he came to them as their shepherd, and he came to them as their savior, and he came to them as their king. He tried so hard to be their Messiah and their shepherd and their savior and their king and who would bring them back to God. But they rejected him as their Messiah who was sent by God to bring him back. And they said, we don't believe he's the Messiah. As a matter of fact, we choose to wait for our Messiah to come. He, they rejected him as their shepherd who would lead them back to God through repentance. And they, was, and they said, we don't need anybody to lead us back to God. We're already with God. They rejected him as their savior, and they said, we don't need a savior, we don't need an intercessor, we go directly to God. They rejected him as their king that would rule over them, and they said, we will not have this man to rule over us. That's what's meant by John 1.11. John 1.11, he came unto his own, and his own received him not. He came to bring them back to God, they rejected him. They did not receive him as their Messiah. They did not receive him as their shepherd and their savior and their king. So he failed, and he took this failure hard. He took this failure personally. He actually felt this this personal failure deep down in his soul because he was a sensitive person. And he spoke about how he took this failure to bring Israel back in a very key passage that must be understood correctly, in Isaiah 49. Isaiah 49. Isaiah 49, he was sent and commissioned to bring Israel back. And then the failure came and he said in verse four, Isaiah 49, four. Isaiah 49, four. Then I said, I have labored in vain. I have spent my strength for naught. He called all his work to bring Israel back to God a labor in vain. He felt like he just worked for the wind. He has nothing to show for it. 
finishing up the summer blitz this week. As you know, we'll be going to almost, I don't know, five, 600,000 doors and uh, five salvations. So I, I know other people who could say that too. I labored in vain, I wasted my time. He called all his strength, all his effort that he put into trying to bring Israel back to God. I spent my strength for naught. And anyone, anyone who's worked trying to bring the Jewish people back to God has experienced those same feelings in Isaiah 49.4. As working so hard and having no results to show. As expending all their strength for nothing. And you can see from the reports of the summer blitzers, God bless them. May God bless them greatly for their great unfailing hope that they express in these reports. When they write things like, I hope this one gets saved before the summer is finished, or I didn't get to lead him to the Lord this time, that's an unfailing hope. And, and, but there's discouragement underneath. And of course, who wouldn't be if you're sensitive? Of course, this is gonna be, happen here as we were reading just in the reports today about somebody throwing a packet out into the puddle of water and so forth and, and, and talking about the angry looks, the stares and so forth. You, know, you want to say to the summer blitzers, welcome to the club. Welcome to the group. That's what the Lord Jesus experienced. And it was discouraging. Of course, it's discouraging. And God the Father saw the discouragement of God the Son, the Lord Jesus Christ, and he spoke to the Lord Jesus Christ about this directly. And, and he said to him in verse 5 of Isaiah 49.5, Isaiah 49.5 it says, and now saith the Lord that formed me from the womb. So this is still the Lord Jesus speaking. And now saith the Lord that formed me from the womb to be his servant, to bring Jacob again to him, though Israel be not gathered, yet shall I be glorious in the eyes of the Lord, and my God shall be my strength. So the Lord Jesus, so the Lord Jesus said that God the Father formed him within Mary's womb to be his servant to bring Israel, bring Jacob back, to bring the Jewish people back to God. Very much like John the Baptist, who leaped in the womb. He was filled, from the, he was filled with the Holy Ghost from the womb. And it says, he was filled with the Holy Ghost, and many of the children of Israel did. He turned to the Lord their God. And so here the Lord Jesus is speaking about being in the womb and being formed to be a servant to bring Jacob back. He was so focused. He was so focused on the Jewish people to bring him back to God that he said that it was actually part of his forming in the womb to accomplish this goal. That's what made it so hard for him. That's when, that made it so hard for him when he failed to bring the Jewish people back to God because he was formed in the womb to do that work. But then God the Father steps in and said, wait a minute. He steps into this discouragement and the Lord Jesus, and he said, and then the Lord Jesus said what God the Father told him in the next verse, which is Isaiah 49.6, Isaiah 49.6, when he said, and he said, this is God the Father, this is the Lord Jesus saying what God the Father said to him, and he said, it's a light thing that thou shouldst be my servant to raise up the tribes of Jacob and to restore the preserved of Israel. I also, uh, I will also give thee for a light to the Gentiles that thou mayest be my salvation unto the end of the earth. So the Lord Jesus tells us that God the Father said to him in this verse in Isaiah 49, 6, that it was just a light thing, just a light thing for him to be a servant, to raise up the tribes of Jacob and to restore the preserved of Israel. God the Father said, ah, bring the Jewish people back to God. It's a light thing. It's nothing. I'm going to give you an even greater job than this. You're going to be a light to the Gentiles. 
I'm gonna make you even more glorious in your title because than just being the restorer of Israel, you're going to be my salvation unto the end of the earth. And that's what makes this chapter in Isaiah 49 so pivotal to understanding the Jews and the Gentiles or what's referred to in Romans 11:17 as the natural olive trees and the wild branches. You just can't understand it without understanding Isaiah 49. And it was because of this rejection of the Jewish people that the Lord Jesus became the light of the Gentiles, that he became God's salvation to the end of the earth. And that's how the gospel, which was for the Jewish people, came to the Gentiles. So with this clearly in sight, we can understand the great significance of this history of this brave Canaanite woman in Matthew 15 here who pressed her way through many obstacles, and we're gonna see those, into the kingdom of God. This explains to us the meaning behind Romans 11.11. Romans 11.11 say, I say then, have they stumbled that they should fall? God forbid, but rather through their fall, or let's just say it this way, through their rejection, salvation is come unto the Gentiles for to provoke them to jealousy. And when the Lord Jesus was given to be the light of the Gentiles and God's salvation to the end of the earth, That was a time of great celebration, great celebration. God called on the heavens and the earth and the mountains to join him in a great celebration that the Lord Jesus is going to be the savior to the ends of the earth. He's gonna be the light of the Gentiles. And we see this in Isaiah 49, 13, Isaiah 49, 13, where God the Father calls out, Sing, O heavens, be joyful, O earth. Break forth into singing, O mountains, for the Lord has comforted his people. So when Israel rejected the Lord Jesus as their Messiah, as their shepherd, as their savior, as their king, God the Father then turned to the Gentiles and included them, the believing ones, into his people. And the Jewish people now see how God has responded to their unbelief and to their rejection and turning to the Gentiles. As Paul said in a very, very important time, event, in Acts 13.45, in Acts 13.45, where it says, well, when the Jews saw that the, when the Jews saw the multitudes, they were filled with envy and spake against those things which were spoken by Paul, contradicting and blaspheming. Then Paul and Barnabas waxed bold and said, it was necessary that the word of God should first have been spoken to you. But seeing that you put it from you and judge yourselves unworthy of everlasting life, lo, we turn to the Gentiles. That was a turning. That was when Paul and Barnabas were confronted with the aggressive rejection of the Jewish people to the Lord Jesus Christ, and they turned to the Gentiles, and God turned to the Gentiles. And when they did turn to the Gentiles, the Gentiles did the opposite of what the Jewish people did, the Gentiles received the Lord Jesus as their Messiah and shepherd and savior and king. And that was amazing to the, Gen- to the apostles. That was amazing to the apostles when they saw that and they, could, they, 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 they talked about it in Acts 14, 27, Acts 14, 27, where it says, and when they were come and had gathered the church together, they rehearsed all that God had done with them and how he had opened the door of faith unto the Gentiles. See, their conclusion was that God had opened the door of faith to the Gentiles. What they were seeing was God opening the door of faith to the Gentiles was the fulfillment 
of this Isaiah 49.6, Isaiah 49.6, where he said, it's a light thing that thou should be my servant to raise up the tribes of Jacob and to restore the preserved of Israel. I will give thee for a light to the Gentiles that thou mayest be my salvation unto the end of the earth. It was a phenomena. And they called the phenomena of the Gentiles receiving the Lord Jesus as Messiah, shepherd, savior, and king. They called it God opened the door of faith to the Gentiles in, in Acts 14, 27. But God called the phenomena of the believing Gentiles, I will give thee, in Isaiah 49, 6, I will give thee for a light to the Gentiles that thou mayest be my salvation unto the end of the earth. So it's a wonderful phenomena where we see that God calls heavens and earth and the mountains to celebrate at the coming of the Gentiles to God. And everyone was really happy about this the earth and the heaven and the mountains were all very, very happy about this except for Israel. <laughs> Israel was not happy about the Gentiles coming to God because Israel saw that now the Gentiles had the peace of God and now they were the subjects of the love of God and now they had the assurance of the friendship with God and now they were confident that they were going to heaven and that made Israel really sad and it depressed Israel and Israel spoke about that in Isaiah 49, 15, Isaiah 49, 15, Isaiah 49, 15, where the Jewish people speak, and it says, but Zion said, the Lord hath forsaken me, and my God hath forgotten me. It was then that the Jewish people see, they see, oh, God has turned to the Gentiles, and how the Gentiles came to the Lord Jesus Christ, and they received him as, their, as Messiah, shepherd, savior, king. But when the Jewish people saw that, they said, the Lord has forsaken me. The Lord hath forgotten me. The Jewish people said, without God, we are finished. There's no hope for us. Just look at the Holocaust, and you can see that God is not for us. And they've come to realize Gentiles have received what they rejected. They're going to heaven while they're left out. Gentiles found what they lost and they are now included as part of God's people, not replacement, but part of God's people. Now, the Jewish people are sad, and they conclude that God's forsaken them, that God has forgotten them. But then it's, then, then here again, just as the Lord, just as God the Father spoke, uh, stepped in at the discouragement of the Lord Jesus, he steps in now, and he says to the Jewish people, no, I have not. No, I have not, in the next verse, which is Isaiah 49, 15. Isaiah 49, 15 is where God says, can a woman forget her sucking child that she should not have compassion on the son of her womb? Yea, she may forget, yet will I not forget thee. Behold, I have graven thee upon the palms of my hands, and thy walls are continually before me. So here Israel sees all these Gentiles coming to the God of Israel, being welcomed by him as part of his people, and Israel sinks into a state of depression and despair with the Holocaust, concludes that God has forsaken, God has forgotten, and that's when God steps in and says, I have not, I have not forgotten the Jewish people. If a woman can forget the sucking child on her breast, then I can forget you, Israel. And God says to the downcast, downcast Jewish people, he says, Others may forget you, but I will not forget you, Israel. The Gentile church may forget you, Israel, but I will not forget you, Israel. Look, Israel, I have graven you on the palms of my hands, and your walls are continually before me. The truth that God is expressing here is that God has maintained a broken heart for Israel as he is turning to the Gentiles. And so this is the full picture 
the, uh, of the time here that we are in right now. It's what the scripture calls in Luke 21, 24, Luke 21, 24, it talks about, it talks about the times of the Gentiles be fulfilled. We are in the times of the Gentiles. We live in the times of the Gentiles. And it's also described in Romans eleven twenty five. In Romans eleven twenty five, I would not, brethren, that you should be ignorant of this mystery, that lest you should be wise in your own conceits, that blindness in part is happened to Israel. How big is the in part? Oh, it's about five out of 600,000 from the summer blitz statistics. But nevertheless, it still is in part. Blindness in part has happened to Israel until the fullness of the Gentiles come in. We live in the time when the fullness of the Gentiles are coming in. And the Gentiles have come to God through the Lord Jesus Christ. They are coming to God through the Lord Jesus Christ. They will continue. Why? Because they've been pushed. They've been pressed. What's pressed them? Darkness. Darkness. Isaiah 60, verse 2. Isaiah 60, verse 2. Behold, the darkness shall cover the earth, gross darkness the people, but the Lord shall arise upon thee, and his glory shall be seen, and the Gentiles shall come to thy light, and kings to the brightness of thy rising. It's the Gentiles were in a darkness that could be felt. It was like the darkness that God brought on Egypt through Moses, where it says in, his, in Exodus 10, 21, the Lord said unto Moses, stretch forth out thine hand toward heaven, that there may be darkness over the land of Egypt, even darkness which might be felt. Might wanna put some cool on, I don't know. Maybe it's me, I feel the heat that can be felt. Anyway, the darkness of personal sin, it was so badly felt by the Gentiles, that they came to the Lord Jesus Christ for light. Isaiah 11.10, it says, In that day there shall be a root of Jesse, which shall stand for an ensign of the people. To it the Gentiles shall seek, and his rest shall be glorious. So the Gentiles seek, they sought the Lord Jesus for rest. They, 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 they felt hopeless. They, they felt this need for what he said in, in Matthew eleven twenty eight. 28, come unto me, all you that labor and are heavy laden, I'll give you rest. And then in Zechariah 2, 11, the Gentiles are talked about there where it says many nations, that's Goyim, that's the Gentiles. Many nations shall be joined to the Lord in that day and shall be my people. And I will dwell in the midst of thee and thou shalt know that the Lord of hosts has sent me unto thee. So the Gentiles press themselves into the Lord. They become part of God's people. And then in Jeremiah 16, 19, where he says, O Lord, my strength and my fortress and my refuge in the day of affliction, the Gentiles shall come unto thee from the ends of the earth and shall say, surely our fathers have inherited lies, vanity, and things wherein there's no profit. That's the confession of the Gentiles, especially the Gentiles from Indonesia, from animistic Africa, from, from Japan. They come to God through the Lord Jesus Christ with the words of Jeremiah 16, 19, and they say, lies, lies, lies. Surely our fathers have inherited lies, vanity, and things wherein there is no profit. So when God does bring the Jewish people back to him, which he will, the Gentiles will continue to fight their way to God because the deep hunger, because the need in their souls, and they see, and the future prophecy that we have of that is in Zechariah 8.23. Zechariah 8.23 says, Thus saith the Lord of hosts, in those days it shall come to pass that 10 men shall take hold out of all languages of the nations, even shall take hold of the skirt of him that is a Jew, saying, we will go with you, for we have heard that God is with you. They're gonna say, 
We don't care if we can't eat pork anymore. We're going with you. We don't care if we can't drive cars on Saturday. We're going with you. These Gentiles are just saying, we don't care what it takes. We must have God. We've heard that God is with you. We're going with you. So with a tenacity, these Gentiles take hold of the skirt of the Jew, and they say, we will go with the Jews because we've heard that God is with the Jews. And it's this very same tenacity of spirit that we see in this Canaanite woman here. She's the first fruits of all this. She's the first fruits of the great turning of the Gentiles to God, to the Lord Jesus Christ. And this is a transition period that we're talking about here, where the Lord is, is, is feeling intensely this failure on his part to bring Israel back to God. God the Father is giving the Lord Jesus Christ the transition to be the light of the Gentile, to be the salvation to the end of the earth. And it's only when we see this clearly that we can understand this history in, in Matthew 15 that otherwise seems so strange, so out of character. What are we talking about? Now, that was a long introduction to this history. I didn't have to do it, but I did it because you have to see this in order to make the account understandable. Okay, now, we see in verse 21 of Matthew 15 how this Canaanite woman who represents the Gentiles coming to God, and it says about her that she cried. She cried unto him. That cry that she made to him, again, shows this tenacity of the Gentile believers that followed right in the steps of Jacob. They follow right in the steps of Jacob who wrestled with Jehovah Jesus all night long and, and Jehovah Jesus in Genesis 32, Genesis 32, and then, and then finally Jehovah Jesus says to, to Jacob, let me go, and Jacob maintains this tenacity in Genesis 32, 26, Genesis 32, 26. He said, let me go for the day breaketh, and he said, I will not let thee go except thou bless me. So here's this cry of this woman. She's got the same spirit as, 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 as Jacob does, this, 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 the spirit of, the, of believing Gentiles. And, and she's got this spirit, as we, just already, we already saw in Isaiah 63, Isaiah 60, verse 3, where the Gentiles fight their way to, to, to take away the darkness that has penetrated their soul by coming to the Lord as the light of the world, the light of the Gentiles. They see that he's got the same spirit that we've already seen in Isaiah 11:10, where the Gentiles are seeking the Lord. We've seen the same spirit in Zechariah 2:11, Zechariah 2:11. We already saw where the Gentiles are joining themselves to be a part of God's people. And then the cry of this woman is uh, with this tenacity is from the Zechariah 8:23, where the Gentiles grab a hold of the skirt of the Jew and say, "You're not going anywhere until you bring us to God." Gentile believers fight to overcome all the obstacles. They fight their way to the Lord. And that's the why this history of this Canaanite woman is so important when it says, in, as we saw in verse 21, behold, a Canaanite woman came out. That's why the history of this Canaanite woman is so important because it illustrates the nature of the coming of the Gentiles. Just her description, a woman of Canaan in verse 22, a woman of Canaan. She's a Canaanite. She's excluded from the commonwealth of Israel because of her birth, because she's a Canaanite. She can't change that. She was born that way, but that didn't stop her. She looks at herself and she says, Canaanite or no Canaanite, I must have Jesus. I will fight my way to him. That was the first obstacle, the first obstacle that stood in her way for him or getting help. The obstacle was she was just born on the wrong side of the tracks. That's all. 
But she didn't let that stop her because she may have been born on the wrong side of the tracks, but that didn't stop her from crossing over the tracks to the Lord Jesus, which is what she did. Another wonderful day studying the Bible with our Bible teacher, Tom Cantor, here on Friendship with God. Don't forget that today's message and previous messages can be listened to and downloaded for free at friendshipwithgod.org. That's friendshipwithgod.org. You can also go online to find free resources from Tom Cantor and our online bookstore at friendshipwithgod.org. You can also find Tom Cantor on Facebook and you can also go to friendshipwithgod.org to sign up for his daily devotional. Tom Cantor is also the founder of Israel Restoration Ministries. You can visit that website at israelrestoration.org. You can write to Tom Cantor at P.O. Box 711330, Santee, California 92071. That's P.O. Box 711330, Santee, California 92071. Or email Tom Cantor at tomcantor at friendshipwithgod.org. That's tomcantor at friendshipwithgod.org. For more information about Tom Cantor and Friendship with God and Israel Restoration Ministries, call us at 800-247-3051. That's 800-247-3051. What are you doing Sunday nights? Come join Friendship with God radio Bible teacher Tom Cantor of the Friendship with God Fellowship Church every Sunday night at 5.30 p.m. at The Vine at 9336 Abraham Way, Santee, California. Watch and listen live around the world to Tom Cantor Sunday evening on YouTube.com by searching for Friendship with God Fellowship or by going to our homepage at friendshipwithgod.org. That's friendshipwithgod.org. This program was brought to you by Israel Restoration Ministries.